This morning's reflection is about the transformation and relinquishment of afflictive states of mind. And a quote from someone, I don't know who. (laughs) Pain, like pleasure, is an inevitable and temporary part of living. Suffering, however, is optional. Some years ago I attended a meeting of Dharma teachers that included many of the various Buddhist lineages. And in one of our discussions, the question, what is Buddhism, came up. The Dalai Lama, who was um, one of the guests of honor at this meeting, said that he often responds to this question uh, this way. He says, Buddhism is about certain kinds of mental training to eliminate all kinds of negative or afflictive emotions and all traces of these emotions. And then he went on to define realization or liberation or awakening as the complete purification of afflictive emotions. This uh, definition of realization, of nirvana or nibbana in Pali, being complete purity of the mind, the heart, it's been described as the mind, the heart of an arahant, a, a completely awakened human being. And in hearing His Holiness the Dalai Lama speak of this, there was a sense that he spoke from a very deep place of confidence in truly believing that this is possible. And in the many times that I've practiced with Sayadaw Upandita and Pawak Sayadaw, two very venerable Burmese teachers, each of them has spoken of this possibility in similar ways over and over again. And of course in the suttas from the Buddha, he often also speaks of this aspect of liberation, this aspect of freedom in the very same way. As our confidence grows and blossoms, we too begin to get some sense that this is our possibility. In its deepest sense, the basic aim of these teachings and practices isn't about what we ordinarily think of as having a happy life in this lifetime. And so here you are making physical and mental efforts in the service of awakening, in the service of the purification of the heart, the purification of the mind. Here in retreat and in our life outside of retreat, we come to know, we come to directly experience that through our practice, through our physical and mental efforts, 
that certain states of mind increase and others decrease. And we begin to find that at least to some degree we've let go of what's unwholesome. We've let go at least to some degree of what brings suffering, what's harmful to ourselves, and what's harmful to others. And we begin to find that the wholesome states of mind, the wholesome states of heart, are more and more our experience. They're more readily available. They're manifesting more and more often in our life. And so our feeling of connection and confidence in these teachings and these practices deepens and grows. In our practice, we open to whatever is here, whatever is there, here, whatever's present, whatever arises, including things that we may have tucked away, the so-called skeletons in the closet, when they appear. And it's very important in our practice to remember the when they appear direction. It's not about dredging up. It's not about digging up afflictive states of mind. Meditation allows us to open the closet and to look into the boxes to uncover what may have been hidden or maybe what we've hidden from or judged maybe judged as unacceptable and buried away. The skeletons in the closet that we've been hauling around often unconsciously, unwittingly, maybe for a very long time. Practice gives us some very powerful tools, the tools of concentration, mindfulness, investigation, metta, and compassion, each of which helps us open to our experience from the very clarity, very deepest center of our being with the the clarity of a focused attention, a focused mind, and the heart of kindness, the heart of acceptance and patience, enabling us to see clearly, enabling us to what is sometimes described as to go home. When we begin to meet the reactive habit patterns that are we've been hauling around for so long, when we begin to meet these reactive habit patterns with the heart of kindness, the door to clear seeing or seeing through is opened. Things are as they are. The beginning of a healthy response rather than unconsciously dropping into old reactive habit patterns in relation to afflictive emotions starts to fall away. And this is born out of clearly connecting with a non-judgmental knowing. This is how it is in this present moment. We leave everything as it is, so to say. Our rooms with all of the boxes opened and the skeletons uncovered 
and we find that we can be present in this moment of life without the old habit patterns of giving the past 20, 30 years ago, or maybe just a few moments ago, continued power over us. This is our possibility. There's a saying that comes from the time of the Buddha's life. It says, rain soddens what is kept wrapped up, but never soddens what is open. Uncover then what is concealed, lest it be sodden by the rain. We can't be free from something that we don't see or something that we ignore. The Sri Lankan monk Bhante Gunaratana in his book Mindfulness in Plain English says this, he says, view all problems as challenges. Look upon negativities that arise as opportunities to learn and to grow. Don't run from them. Condemn yourself or bury your burden in saintly silence. You have a problem, he says? Great. More grist for the mill. Rejoice, he says. Dive in. Investigate. Investigate within the heart of kindness. If we think of uh, things and experiences, the various states and the various moods of the mind as permanent, as unchanging, and identifying with any of this as me, as mine, as I, it will inevitably bring suffering. The degree to which we grasp, the degree to which we cling and identify with our experience, this is the degree to which we'll suffer. So, for instance, just taking a moment to look at anger, or fear, excuse me, anger in a minute. As we get stronger, as our heart gets stronger and our concentration and mindfulness muscles develop, so to say, we can begin to acknowledge the presence of fear, accept that it is, and know that it doesn't need to run our life. It's not who we are. It's not mine. It's not me. It's not I. I am not a fearful person. Fear happens. Fear happens because of a multitude of conditions coming together in a moment. It's not an independent solid something. The arising of fear in this moment is totally dependent on many, many, many conditions, some of which we can see and know, and many of which we don't know and may never ever see. It may be a moment of a very intense experience, but when we begin to practice, when we begin to practice clearly seeing from this perspective, we begin to understand that it's clearly not me, not mine. And it's not that the energy of fear will never appear again. 
we learn to be steadfast, to stand in the fear, to lose the fear of fear itself and begin to see it clearly. See through it, so to say. We see through it like we see through the hues of a rainbow. There's a poem, beautiful poem by Wendell Berry that speaks of this. I go among the trees and sit still. All my stirring becomes quiet around me like circles on water. My tasks lie in their places where I left them asleep like cattle. Then what is afraid of me comes and lives a while in my sight. What it fears in me leaves me, and the fear of me leaves it. It sings, and I hear its song. Then what I am afraid of comes. I live for a while in its sight. What I fear in it leaves it, and the fear of it leaves me. It sings, and I hear its song. So now just a a couple of moments exploring anger. I think what's often overlooked in the, we could say, disastrous effects of anger is the harm that anger does to oneself. The first person hurt is always the angry one. An angry mind is a suffering mind. An angry mind is agitated, it's tight, it's narrow, constricted. The quality of awareness changes. Clear seeing and perspective vanish. And one often feels restless and driven, nothing satisfying. Sleep can be difficult. The body is tense. And with anger, the sense of self means very large. And so does the sense of the other. One of the primary reasons that anger is so painful is that it very quickly creates a sharp separation between self and other. It's as though a line is drawn that isn't to be passed. With each angry moment, deepening the imprint of anger in the mind stream. Something that's both amazing and simple and difficult to see is that irritation, anger, fear, rage, hate develop from a momentary unpleasant feeling that went unnoticed. Again, pointing to the totally conditional nature of afflictive states of mind and the importance in our practice of seeing the momentary unpleasant or pleasant feeling tone that shows up in relationship to experience. The point at which we become aware of anger or any other afflictive mind state depends upon the quality, the focused strength and depth of our attention. So just a a few pointers here. How can we work with anger through our practice or any other emotional state of mind? But we'll just use anger as the pointing out a state. 
Anger is not solid. It's made up of many, many different components. Thoughts, stories spinning out, a specific mood of the mind, an emotional state, emotional tone, and various changing bodily sensations. With all of this coming and going, arising and passing. As soon as you see the thoughts that are spinning out the stories of anger or fear or self-judgment or doubt or greed or clinging or even expectation or disappointment, it's very helpful to try to let them go. Just let them drop away. Give them no mind. These thoughts aren't only the expression of anger or another emotional state. They're also feeding the anger. They're like fertilizer for the angry mind. So let the stories go and bring the attention directly into the sensations of the body, feeling the emotion directly in itself, without the story. So what are you feeling? Well, maybe heat or tightness, maybe pressure or heaviness or contraction or vibration. Where is it? And very important, how is it changing? And notice the mind. Meaning at this point, notice what your relationship is to these sensations. Is there resistance? So more contraction then. Give this your very best attention. Feel it, see it, know it. Is there interest grounded in kindness, grounded in acceptance of the sensations in your body? Take a look. And in the service of acceptance, kindness, and patience, if the emotion is too strong to sit with, Don't force yourself to sit with it. Do some walking meditation. You might even walk a bit faster than you usually do. Bring your attention directly into the body with the walking. Or you might open to the natural world outside, the expanse of the mountains and the trees and the hills, the trees in conjunction with the wide open spaciousness of the sky, Really take an interest. Notice the birds, the rabbits, the butterflies, the chipmunks, the insects, the small creatures of the world. Don't indulge thinking. Stay mindful in the present moment, in the physical world, and in the body, and also in the breath. In those moments of a connected present moment attention, afflictive emotion disappears. It isn't present. The ease, the sense of well-being that arises out of a completely connected present moment attention is really quite amazing, really beyond compare in a quietly wonderful way. Resting in the natural world can be both an immediate experience, and a clear mirror of ease for us.
Some years ago, I found a recipe, uh, and at risk of giving you a recipe that you maybe already have and cook up occasionally, uh, I'd like to share this one with you. So the ingredients, it's called a recipe for unhappiness. The ingredients are one cup of what is, one cup of inability to accept what is, three tablespoons of complaints, one teaspoon of light whining, (laughs) a quarter pound of alternate scenario, preferably unattainable, (laughs) one bunch of actual reality, one pint of idealized worldview, two teaspoons of perfection, and four sprigs of envy, envy <laughs> minced for garnish. So here's what you do with these uh, ingredients. In a large bowl, whisk together what is with an equal amount of inability to accept what is. stir in complaints and let it sit until brooding and sulking set in (laughs) add a dash of light whining especially in the company of friends but be careful not to over season or they won't hang around in a separate bowl add alternate scenario to actual reality from your garden and separate leaves from stems Then, try to reattach leaves in exact pattern that existed before separation. (laughs) Pour in idealized worldview and process in food processor using on and off turns. Then, uh, when mixture is pureed, add, add it to what is an inability to accept what is and blend. Exact, uh, add exactly two teaspoons of perfection and let stand until tears form. <laughs> Garnish with minced envy and serve immediately. The Buddha offers us another recipe the recipe of cultivating a strong and clear concentration, mindfulness, and investigation grounded in kindness that meets the experience of the moment and sees it clearly just as it is. We can actually learn to experience the extremes and the subtleties of afflictive emotions without getting caught up or swept away or overcome by them. It's as though we learn to see them so clearly that we see through them. We see their nature. Again, just like we see through the hues of a rainbow. In this recipe that we've inherited from the Buddha, we learn to relinquish, to let go of what causes the burning, what causes the suffering. And in this letting go, we find what is sometimes described as the place of coolness, the place of coolness and luminosity in our heart and mind, the place of freedom from the burning, the end of suffering. And then what is seen 
is just the seen. What is heard is just the heard. What is felt is just the felt. What is known is just the known. Nothing added or needing to be added and nothing taken away or needing to be taken away. It's just enough. This moment, just as it is, is just enough. And we begin to know through our own experience the liberation that's immediately available in any moment. Liberation through non-clinging. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.